my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Mm. First Kings 6, 11. And the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou would walk in I'm sorry, will walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments, all everybody, to walk in them. Then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David, their father. Their father. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, the obedience of his holy word. Thank you, and you may be seated. 
Father God, Father God, Father God, we come one more time and again giving you glory, honor, and all the praise. We come to worship you this morning, God. We come to thank you for all that you do from the beginning of time until this present moment. Now, God, I'm thanking you that you have spoken a word, and I'm asking that you move me out of your way so that we can hear what the Spirit has to say. Embrace your people right now, God, and let some man, woman, boy, or girl hear a word that can encourage their deliverance in Jesus' name. Let it be caught up into our bellies, God, so that we can spit it forth from our lips to testify to men and women in the world thereof that you alone are God. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. If I were to use a topic today, and I'm not stuck on topics, I'm not stuck on topics, but uh, because the word of God goes everywhere, you know, but if I were to use a topic, it would be simply building on the rock, kingdom bound. Anybody in here kingdom bound? Are you building on the rock? All right, it's a package deal. Hallelujah. You know, you can't have one without the other. Amen. Uh, this is a song that was wrote, written by David, the, uh, the music leader. Hey, over here, Mr. Music Leader. He was written. David was a man. He was a man. He was a man. He was a strong servant of God. But, but David had some serious issues. David had a pretty sinful life throughout his, his, his tour of duty. Amen. And uh, like we do. Alrighty, I think I was talking about that this morning. Sometimes people have too many expectations of the man of God, or the people in church. They just people, you know. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've been noticing lately the well, Trump. Everybody, you know, ain't nobody being Trump, you know. But high, people in high places, uh, not even there. The Pope. Some of the decisions that he's making, some of the things that I've heard him say, the Pope. There's a problem here, amen. So we're not to be snowed by the enemy to feel that men are any exception uh, of you. All right, okay. Titles does not get you connected up with the God, with the Lord. Title can really simply get you puffed up. All righty. So don't you ever allow the enemy to make you believe that you have a past that renders you unworthy of God's love and attention. You know, sometimes we got some stuff. We got some stuff in our lives, and the devil wants you to believe that you're not worthy to sing, you're not worthy to, to lead, you know, you're not worthy for ministry, you know, they, he wants to keep you, I think Pastor talked about that earlier, keep you in the, on the back burner, all right, that's because he's challenged, he's afraid of you, somebody, okay, because you know, you got some power built within, all right, that when the Lord allows you to execute, will make him tremble. Unfortunately, many of us are not bold soldiers enough. All right, come on, I'm gonna leave that. That's another sermon. All right, okay, okay. History informs us that as much as God loved David, he didn't allow him to build his temple, okay? God's house has to represent cleanliness, people of God, and purity of heart. So he passed that privilege, the privilege of building the temple on down to his son Solomon, okay? Even though we have this great opportunity of basking in God's love, there's consequences for sin. 
All right, God love you. God love you, you know, but there's some consequences for the stuff that we do outside of his word. Aside from losing the privilege of building the temple, one of the greatest loves of David's life, you know, that's where the devil hits you. He'll get you at your lowest point. He'll hit you at the place where you're going to hurt. He'll hit you through your children and through your, through your finances. He'll hit you where he can get some results, all righty? Absalom became vengeful, and he, he loved Absalom. That was his baby boy. He was crazy about old long-haired Absalom, amen? But Absalom became estranged from David. He became a demon in his life, amen? I believe before we can talk about the rock, y'all, we need to talk about the temple, all right? Because sometimes we come up in the church and we believe that because we churching, okay? But see, coming to the church ain't got nothing to do with, 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 with your relationship with God. These old bodies that, that we live in just house our spirits. These are tents, okay? A temporary dwelling place while we're here on this side of heaven. One day soon, we're going to transition. All right? Got to leave these old fleshly houses, and then we're looking for a building not made by hands. That's eternal in the kingdom. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm looking for, okay? But because we represent a true and holy God, we got to be mindful of how we live in these old tents. All right? You know, because your tent houses your spirit, and God doesn't live in your flesh. Okay, God lives in your heart, in your spirit. And how many know that most of the time in the world we operate in our Come on, somebody. All right, I'm glad I'm only one. I'm only one in here and got 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 a little sin. Okay, that's where the devil can hit you. He can operate in your flesh because he can't touch your spirit. All righty, and that's why we're supposed to live in it. The more you live in the spirit, okay, the weaker you make him in your life, in your stuff, in your situations, in your circumstances. God gave Solomon requirements that were necessary for the presence of God to dwell in his temple. And those same requirements are necessary for us today, people. We can't do what God expects us to do and expects him to live in him when we continue to live, yield to the spirit of temptation. We've got to learn to yield to the power of the Holy Ghost, okay? He'll surely vacate the premises if you don't, okay? You see, God's not a God of force. He desires people with the willing spirit, you know, a heart that's committed, a heart that's thirsty for his presence, a heart that's open and anxious to receive him. I see the people up here, I see the, 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 the choir people worshiping and praising, and one had to turn around and get a praise. Oh, see, that's open. You're willing to accept what God's got for you, okay? Because, see, if you don't get what God's got for you, Satan will slide in and give you what he wants you to have. Amen, amen. From the time that the children of Israel were freed from slavery in Egypt until God revealed the blueprint to Moses in the tabernacle, Israel had dreamed of a, perfect, per, a permanent temple in the promised land. See, it's good for you to thank God for your temple, okay? Because some folk don't have a place to call home. Somebody. The land of Canaan was to be their home for all time, and, and the temple was to be the place where the presence of God dwelt with them, okay? So God instructed Solomon to build this temple uh, uh, in Jerusalem. The temple was the place where animal sacrifices were carried out, and according to the law of Moses, worship was following, followed faithfully. Somebody say faithfully. See, faithfully is important because faithfully indicates loyalty. It's to be committed, not just to your church, but to the Lord. But see, then if you're committed to the Lord, you're going to be committed to your church. Okay? okay. 
again, I'm telling you, it's a package deal, okay? You know, not just on Sunday morning or doing a, t a, a church gathering, you know. God seeks your worship daily. And at that time, Israel was faithful in their pattern of worship, okay? If you're worshiping God daily, you can't wait to get up in here on Sunday morning, okay? You can't wait to get the Bible study. You bust the doors down for Sunday school when you're faithful when, with God. They were all in during the time of trouble, okay? Uh, uh, but as soon as God delivered them from their afflictions, they became weak in their faith. They easily swayed and forgetful of who their source really was, just like we do today. Okay, okay, they was tripping and falling. God would deliver, they trip back. God would deliver, they trip. He'd send a deliverer, they sit back. Okay, there was always this morning in your Sunday school lesson, grumbling, murmuring, and grumbling, never satisfied. Okay, you know, but Hebrew 9 and 1 tells us that we are the temple. Okay, but way back yonder, you know, a veil was separated the Holy of Holies. Okay, this is where you need to get it, which was the earthly dwelling place of God's presence, okay? We over here in the Old Testament, you know, we over here before the law, in the law before grace and mercy found you, okay? All righty. Isaiah tells us that this veil signified that man was separated from God by sin, okay? Leviticus 16 will further tell you that only the high priest was permitted to pass beyond this veil, okay? The priest could only enter in once a year. He could only even go in once a year and in order to make atonement for the sins of all of Israel. I have a problem with that, Pastor. You know, that one man can go and make atonement for everybody. Okay? It's a whole heap of folks in this world. Okay? It's a whole heap of folks in this congregation. Pastor told I would have a problem if Pastor Dobbins had to go in one time a year and ask God for my forgiveness because I'm busting it up and I'm messing it up every day. I'm messing up every day. So what about that? I mean, one time a year, I got a whole lot of stuff to deliver, okay? So I, I need some help every day, somebody. I, I need to have a God that I can talk to every day. I, I need him to intercept my situations every day, okay? Because if it, by the time the year is over, the devil done told me up from the floor. Amen. That's what we got here. In this holy place sat the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant held the promises that God had made to Abraham, and it was a place... That it's set within the walls of the holiest of holies. Now, upon the ark was the mercy seat. Lord have mercy. It was overshadowed by the wings of cherubims, angels, if you will. Between their wings, the power, presence, and the glory of God was always present. See, that's what I need in my life. I need for the power and the presence of God to be ever present. I need it to surround me on a daily basis because I know that the devil is a trickster. His desire is to take me out, okay? And he ain't waiting for once a year, you know. He ain't waiting on tomorrow. He's trying to take me out right now as I'm trying to deliver God's word. But thank God for the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The veil was a long woven curtain and, 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 and was scarlet and blue. I mean, you God is a holy God and he did royal things back then. You know, we don't, listen, when you come into your church, you bust your backside to make sure that it's the prettiest church in the city. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And it's another sermon over here, but if you would go into the book and read how God set up his temple. He's a royal God. He let them know how many furlongs of this and how many woods, every inch of everything, purple and gold and the candlesticks. And when you walk into the temple of God, you better act like you in 
a place that's holy. He even, listen, he even told Moses, take your feet off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. That's before he even got up in the, this is God's house. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You know, and, and, and while we're talking about it, and I'm going to get on down here, but you know the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. While we're talking about how your church looks, it's important that of how you look on the inside. All right, okay. You know, when you come to the house, you understand that you're bringing your church in with you. Okay? The church is in you. When we talk about God is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, he ain't talking about this body. He's talking about you, my brother and sister. Okay? He's not going to hold everybody in here accountable, okay, for what you do or don't do. And I can't get to Jesus riding on Sister Dobbin's shoulder. I got to be doing some stuff. Alrighty, that God said do. Okay, so so when you come up in the church, God give me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. Because sometimes we bring a lot of stuff up into the church. Okay, you know, you're going to talk about Sally Sue and you're going to whisper over to Billy Bob and you got the wrong attitude. You got the wrong spirit for being in God's house. Okay, you want to come up in here and exercise your authority. I want to be the head of this and the head of that. Sometimes you need to pick up the broom. Hallelujah. And do some things that does not execute your big places, okay? Sometimes you need to walk in the house and just shut up and listen to what the Spirit has to say. And you can't listen if your spirit is already tore up, okay? God's not looking for that. He said, I will not let my spirit dwell in an unclean place. He ain't talking about First Baptist of Walnut Hills. He's talking about you because you're dirty from the top to the bottom. And God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You got to clean up your attitude. You got to clean up your actions. You got to walk, talk, dress, and look like you belong to the child of the Most High God. You know, the pastor does this and the pastor don't do that. It ain't none of your business what the pastor do. Anything that happens up in here is in the relationship between the pastor and God. He said, touch not my anointed and do my, hey, you better be careful with that. Whatever he said, good, bad, or ugly, your job is just to walk in obedience. If he makes a mistake and he's doing something that God said, that's between him and God, not between him and you. You need to walk in and just shut up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the church can roll on. Otherwise, why are you running around and messing up and, you know, the church is in moaning. It's grieving. Amen. Because what you do is you take it to Sister Sally and then you take it to Sister Betty and then you call Brother Bill and by now you got a whole mess going on. Okay. Okay. And God says, I don't live there. Would you believe that even though you got your mess talk going on, God's still going to come up in First Baptist because there's a few people in here who want to serve the Lord. It's a few people in here who are yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. You may mess up some stuff, okay, but you ain't going to mess up the house. When you walk up in here, the devil will come in. He may win the battle, but at the end of the day, he can't win the war. You better hear what I'm telling you. Okay, it's good to walk up in here in obedience and recognize who you are. Lord, fix it. Fix me. See, because you can't keep walking around broke and you don't know you're broke. Okay? You can't get fixed if you know you're broke. And the problem is, we all broke. 
everybody broke. Punk can't talk about the kettle. And that's what we did this morning. We talked about, hey, when you see somebody walking outside of the will of God, lay your hands on them and pray for them. Pray for them. How many know that the enemy has to flee at the name of Jesus? Amen. The devil can't do no more than you than you allow him to do. He can't move. Satan can't budge unless God says so. So when you call on the name of Jesus, you can stop the mess right in his tracks. Don't let somebody pull you into where you cohabitate with their ideas. Okay? It's all in emotions and feelings, but how many know that feelings are fickle? If you go back and look back over your life, all righty, and think about all of the stupid mistakes that you made. It was all associated with your feelings. Didn't have nothing to do with the spirit. It had to do with your flesh. So when you come up in the house of God, you ask him to penetrate your flesh with the Holy Spirit. God, live up in here. I don't know about Sally Sue, but if you live up in here, I can give a little bit of me over here and make so sure that shit, I got enough to, hey, hey, I got enough to give away somebody because you see, one day after a while, I'm going to have to answer. I'm going to have to answer to what Joel did. And for some folks who grown up in the church, it's going to be sad at the judgment. Do you hear me? It's going to be sad. You know, so you look at your house. And know that this is an extension of your living abode. You need to take care of this and keep it clean just like you do where you live at home. All right? You ain't going to let nobody walk up into your house and take you out if you can help it. You ain't going to let nobody walk up in your house and create havoc with your family if you can let it. This is your house and this is your family. You better hear what I'm saying to you. You better hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Sitting on top of the ark was a gold lid. This was the place for the propitiation of sins by the sprinkling of innocent blood for sacrifices. Okay, the propitiation simply means it was an appeasing. That's how people were, that's how they were satisfying God because of his sinfulness. But you know, there is no sacrifice in the world that was great enough to, 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 to save us from a burning hell. Okay, the veil being a symbol of the separation of God from man caused anyone who walked behind it other than the high priest and immediate death. God would wipe him out if the priest wasn't right. He'd wipe him out too, okay? This veil was a protection against infringing upon the very presence of God. When God made reference to the Holy of Holies, he said, it is there that I'll meet with you. Okay, see, God been meeting with man for a lifetime. It ain't no new news, okay? But he ain't gonna meet with you unless you're right. He does not dwell in unclean places. It's mind-blowing to see how some of us act, as I said, in the house of God. You better act like this is God's house. Because it is, no matter what you try to do about it. Okay? And it's good to be on one accord. Okay? You know, in the upper room, the Holy Ghost didn't fall until everybody got on one accord. Okay? You know, we're coming to the church today looking, uh, having a form of godliness. A form of godliness. Amen. But it ain't that kind of party. You know, God has to live in you. There has to be something on the inside that's showing up on the outside, okay? That makes you armed and dangerous, people. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You become armed and dangerous when you let the Holy Spirit take over. Because, see, see, when we live looking for a miracle from God, 
you know, God fixed this, and that car note need to be paid, and, and, and my leg is trying to go out, and my knee won't move, and my, you know, they keep moving K-Box till I told you they will. And, 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 and my kids is acting out, and, 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 and my son is on drugs, and, and yeah, you know, you speaking life into that, okay? And, 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 and then you're looking for a miracle from God. Well, how many know that a miracle is just an intervention of God in a crisis situation? And if you live your life from miracle to miracle, you'll live from crisis to crisis. But God, but God, I need a blessing, master. I need a blessing. See, unless you understand blessings, you won't know how to walk in your miracle. Amen, amen, amen. You got to have the blessings of God. God, I, I don't see it, and I don't understand, and I don't know where, but I believe you know, and I believe you. See, faith is not, faith is not guesstimating. Faith means I'm sold out. I'm sold out. The problem with our faith is we want it right here and right now. Okay? Well, if you knew it was going to be all right, why you got to have any faith? Okay. You don't need to have no faith. You know, you, you got it all together. Okay? You know what's going to be. But see, believing God for moving in his time because he's a seasonal God says that I don't know when and I don't know where. But whatever it is, that they, they, they say my car is going to be picked up. Okay, if I don't pay this money tomorrow, but but see, God will step in there and stop the tow truck. <laughs> God will stop the tow truck. Okay, you know it ain't got nothing to do with what they gonna do. It's what you believe. God, God they said that they gonna they gonna they gonna come in here and and repossess my house, Master, if I don't make this 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 payment. But but but, but God will stop stop the the man who got the deed in his hand. God, God will go to your bank account and suddenly some strange money will show up. Some stupid money show up. Something that you don't even know where it came from. Okay, you know, well, 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 well God, my, 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 my son is on drugs and, I, and these elements and I, and I don't know what to do, God. <laughs> my, 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 all you got to do is release it. I am God all by myself. Hallelujah. In his season. See, when, when, when we wake up, hallelujah, when we, when we get tied up and tangled up in Jesus, hear what I'm telling you. When we get tied up and tangled up in Jesus, the devil goes on a binge. He got upset with you, okay? He got upset with you because, see, the devil would rather kill you than let you get away, you know, because he knows that he's living on borrowed time. He's living on borrowed time, and he's recruiting. You understand? He needs some folks in his army because they know when God comes back here to do warfare, he's going to need some imps with him, all right? He's going to need some something, you know, and, and it's stupid to get caught up with that. But when you, when you get, get on your mission for, for, for righteousness of God, and when you begin to walk with God, and when you get tied up and tangled up with God, you know, then everything in the world that you couldn't imagine breaks loose. Okay? All kind of devastation hits your life. But see, that's when you need to begin to praise God. Huh? That's when you need to begin to praise him. Because see, when, 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 when you move into the spirit realm, hallelujah, come on, Holy Spirit. You know, some things begin to happen in your life, okay? Some things begin to change and flip and shift 
faith, okay? And, and when you move into that realm, God is saying, okay, I got to castrate some stuff. <laughs> I got to cut away some stuff here, you know, and, and I got to fill up some holes that's been loose, and I got to rearrange some things, amen, in order to, for them to walk into their destiny. See, he's already got a thing planned for you. He's already got a job for you. He's already got work for you. He's already got that house, that car. Alrighty, that saved and sanctified husband. Somebody, you better hear what I'm telling you. He already got it in place. But he got to fix you up first in order to be able to receive the blessing. And the problem is sometimes we be churching and we think we got it all together. We got so much Holy Ghost that we don't need no more. Can't tell nobody nothing because if you didn't, you'd be over here running to the pastor 24-7-365. Father, help understand, help me understand this and help me understand that. Pray with me, Pastor Dobbins. I need you to pray. That's what the church is all about, somebody. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? The devil comes up in here and takes over because we're not coming together on one accord, recognizing what we need. I'm coming up in here with my great big hat on, okay, to show off my new car. And the devil is all over you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Wrong purpose. Wrong purpose. So the devil's mission is to take you out. And if you ain't got your mind on Jesus and Jesus on your mind, Somebody, he's going to win the battle. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've got to get a new attitude when we're talking about dealing with the enemy. He is not one to play with you people. It is a bad, bad, bad. And what the devil is so ugly that he will get you and lure you, especially when you're getting tied up in Jesus. He wants to lure you out. Things are, oh, God gave me this. It was, it was a blessing. It wasn't a blessing from the Lord. The devil is tricking you, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's to some things that the devil will bring because he's trying to get your attention. And you already know if it's of God or not. Okay, but that's where the flesh gets you trapped up. I get weak in my flesh now because I want that thing. The devil knows where you at. He know what you want, so he delivers, okay? That man is so sharp, but, and you know it's Sister Sally's husband. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, you already know, okay? Okay, that woman is so tough, and you know she belongs to Mr. Bill, all right? But you believe that all these things, because now he's got you in the flesh, and behind closed doors, that stuff is feeling all right. It look good. It feel good. Some people even tell me that it tastes good. Hallelujah. Okay. You got it going on. So he's luring you right on out here into enemy territory. All righty. And then he'll get you out there and then he'll drop your cold-blooded by the wayside. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because you knew it was wrong going in the door. And then we want to holler, Lord, have mercy. God said, I will not allow you any temptation without a way of escape. You want to go back and holler, Lord, have mercy after you done done the thing, after you done yielded to the flesh because it felt good, okay? But God says, I will not contend with man's ways forever. You see, grace and mercy runs out. Don't you take it for granted, you know? You can't keep on going to God for repentance and falling back into that same hole. I might do something tomorrow different, but I ain't going back there. Hallelujah. See, that's what grace and mercy works for you. Otherwise, God is sick and tired of you being, he's sick and tired of you. Okay? He wants you to show him that you're godly sorry. Not just sorry off your lips, but I'm godly sorry. And when I'm godly sorry, I learned a lesson from that thing. I don't know what, I'm not going to go there no more, baby. You know, I may do something else because I'm not perfect, but I ain't going down there. I got up this morning and I went down this avenue. 
I went straight on down the highway. And when I got to the end of the highway, I fell into a ditch. I'm going to get up in the morning. And I'm going to go down that same avenue. I know where that street leads, so I'm going to try it over here this time. I don't know what I'm going to run into, but I know I ain't going into that. All right? All right? Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what grace and mercy is working for you. I'm going to keep on trying until I get it right. Okay? But if I'm going to go on, keep on repeat, repeatingly falling back into the same, because that place says it look good. It feel good. It sound good. And you know what? It's hard to break away from them things that got you trapped up. Okay? But see, that's where prayer comes in. How many know that prayer changes things? How many know that prayer changes things? God is able to change anything that's not like him. But see, we don't want to pray when it's feeling good. Ah. Okay, we want to get our hoochie on and then we'll go pray. All right. All right. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn. But my yoke is easy. My burdens are light. And the thing that trips me up is the very same thing that we lust after is a thing that throw you away. Same thing that throws you away that you lust for. And, 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 and when, we, when we get to the point where we've learned, okay, how terrible that thing is, okay, Many times the devil done threw us over in a, in a ditch so many times and so that we're so broken that we're chained and bound. Okay? Okay? We're chained and bound. There's a story of a woman who got up and went to the well. Jesus and his disciples was another of his journeys and he he said I have needs be go through Samaria well that wasn't a good thing because Jesus was a Jew and they didn't want to you know they didn't have no 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 relationship I ain't going through Samaria our disciples want to know why what's the matter why I got to go I have needs be go through Samaria see sometimes it ain't good for you to tell people about what your thing is because everybody's not interested in your thing and somebody might deviate you from what you know he said I have needs be so the Bible says that he went on through Samaria and when he got there he sent the disciples away sometimes you got to get people out of your midst okay to execute God's will you know he said he sent the disciples away to go shopping and and he went and sat on the well <laughs> and while he was sitting on the well, up comes this woman. And it was at noonday, a time that nobody was supposed to be at the well. Everybody's supposed to be on their job and doing what they got to do, okay? But at noonday, see, God is a perfect timing. He got perfect timing. I just said to you, he's seasonal. He, 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 he's sitting on the well, and this woman comes up, and he asked her, Oh, woman, give me a drink of water. Here we go. Me? Give you a drink of water? You don't even like me. I'm a Samaritan woman. You a Jew. I don't even, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing here. Coming, I'm coming down your avenue, okay? You know, you don't like me, okay? Uh, give me a drink of water, okay? You know, who are you? Who are you? You know, that's, that's, that's where we at, okay? Our attitude is wrong. 
our motive is wrong about many things when God is trying to use you. Okay? You know, we look at people through carnal eyes rather than spiritual eyes, okay? Yeah, well, you know, and she has all this conversation about why, you know, this water and God, Jesus offered her. He said, hey, you know, I know you got issues. You done had five husbands and the one you got ain't yours. Mm -hmm. Something to draw her attention, okay? But you know what, in the process, he wasn't badgering beating her down. He drew her attention. Sometimes the spirit can't move through us because I know not so much what we say, it's how we say it. Even to each other. You got to know how to operate in the spirit. And you got to have a conversation that's going to give you some drawing power. Okay? Otherwise it makes no difference for you to run up in here on Sunday all the time talking about Holy Ghost. Okay? Because God wants you to draw men to him. That's your purpose. That's your mission. You know, when he ascended back into heaven, he didn't call out no different gender. He didn't say man, woman, or preacher, teacher. He said, go ye. Everybody has a commitment to that. And we know in this life, it is by the word of your testimony that men are going to be saved. You got to tell somebody about Jesus. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You got to tell somebody about God. So he's telling her. And he's been an example. He showed us how. He's telling her. I, about her stuff, okay? But she drew enough of her attention for her to want more. Many times when we call ourselves witnessing, we driving the people away. They don't want to hear nothing else you got to say, okay? But he gave her just enough to make her thirsty for more. Give me that water. Give me some water, you know. Oh, no. Oh, well, I, well, I, I've got some water for you, my sister. I got some water that'll quench your thirst and you'll never ever thirst again. Oh, you really got my attention now. Okay? He, she needed to hear more. Now you understand this woman was a prostitute. She knew everybody's a man. Then did everything she needed to do with him. Okay? But she knew him. See, God will take your worst and make it, use it for his best. But she knew everything in the city. Okay? And as she began to continue on and the Lord began to minister and tell her more about who she was and what she did and about this living water that would quench her thirst forever, she remembered, you know, Rabbi, are you the, are you the Messiah supposed to be here? I mean, well, we, we, we heard about this man that's supposed to come and we heard about this Rabbi, this, this, this Messiah, this, this Savior. We heard, we heard that, but Jesus said, huh, you're talking to him. You're talking to him. And she got so excited. See, we need to get excited in Jesus. You know, she got so excited and so overwhelmed that she jumped up and ran through the town and ran through the city. Come see a man who told me everything about my stuff and situation. Come see a man. And I can just imagine all of the white turbans running down to the, you know, over 3,000 were saved. You understand? From this prostitute who had to come to the well at noonday to duck the crowd because she didn't want to be abused and scorned and talked about and misused, and, okay? Because she was a sinful woman. I think there's a passage where the Lord said, he who was without sin cast the first stone when he was going to go out and take another woman. Problem is, we're so busy pointing fingers at Sister Sally, we don't understand what our issues are. 
We so busy talking about Brother Bill that we can't understand where our issues are. We are overlooking where we at because we're looking through a mirror that doesn't allow us to identify with who we really are. And where you are is a sinner saved by grace. You may not do what Bill and Sally do, but you can believe you're doing something. No man is perfect. We all fall short. And if you say that's not so, you lie. That's what the Lord said. That's what the word says. And I don't personally care if you like it or not because God's word's going to stand when everything else shut down. Huh? I did not come here to be anybody's buddy. I didn't come here to hang out and kick it with you. I came to tell you what the Lord said. You can accept it or reject it. The Bible tells me that when Jesus came, his own received him not. You understand? So I'm not overwhelmed if you don't want to hear what. Um, and see, it hits home. The word is like a two-edged sword. It cuts going and coming. So if it penetrates, receive it, accept it, because that's the only way God can fix it. That's the only way he can fix it. Otherwise, you continue to walk through life bruised and broken. Okay? You ain't no good for yourself, let alone for nobody else. Jesus said he would give you the desires of your heart. If you can believe it, you can receive it, people of God. But he says you got to be, you got to live a clean life. You can't go to God and just ask him anything, doing anything that you want to do. If you want God to deliver whatever you need, clean up. Just clean up. Okay? You know, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. I, 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 I was sharing with over here, when I was coming across the street, said, so you can park now. I said, I'll be 70 years old come January. So glad it don't look like what it's been like. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I'm older than your pastor. His cousin and I went to school together, amen. But down through the years, I'm going to give you some of me. I ain't, ain't going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about me a little bit. Okay. Down through the years. I've always loved the Lord. I was born and raised in the church. Okay. I've known God all my life. I said I've known of him all my life. Okay? Okay? But, but I, I, I grew up in a spiritual home. All right, let me come down here because I believe in talking to you. I grew up when mom and daddy made me go to church. It wasn't an option. It was a necessity. Okay? I grew up when, 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 when we stayed in church all day long and, and we served and we worshiped so the spirit of the Lord lived in me. But I couldn't continue to grow, and I got to be a little sassy girl over there with Ro, okay? And then, you know, and then I would go skating on the weekends. And when I'd get out there, you know, the boys would all run. And I was an A student, somebody. I was a scholar. Can't you tell? Okay. I was a scholar. I loved my books. I was not caught on guys, okay? But my mother raised her baby sister when my, uh, who, 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 because my grandmother died early. And my mother had break to, to take care of 10 children up out of the Heap Black Hills of Alabama. The baby sister was, stayed with us. And she was like my sister because we were three months apart, okay? So we, we, we did everything together, you know? But she was a coward. She was sneaky. Okay, she was a bully. She could box. She could blow. I mean, the girl could box. All right, we I found that out because we had to box all the time. Okay, she could box, but she was a coward when it came to doing things right. 
She was a coward when it came to getting permission. And she would always cover up under me. Jerry, would you ask, you know, and I'm, I'm bold, I don't care. You know, I, all you can do is say yes or no, okay? So we would go to skating, and nowadays you can get up and go and run all over the place. Before I could go skating, I had to clean the greens, make the bed, wash the car. Okay, I had to turn the bed, and when I made the bed, I had to turn it over and bust them sheets. And you know, I had to do all of that just to get to the skating ring. So fortunately, I didn't know, but God was protecting me because I didn't go to a party until I had my first husband. Okay, but in the meantime, going to skating, the devil always got a, 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 a demon in the mist. And he don't come out there for the girls on the street. He wants you, baby. He wants you. Because you're tied up in Jesus. And no, you ain't perfect, perfect, but you got enough Jesus that he wants you. Okay, he wants something that he ain't got his hands on, all righty? So at the skating rink, the guys come and, and they talk, and I'm on the rink, I'm getting busy. But I come out the door and somebody said, aren't you Jewel? Okay, I don't know you, I'm going to get in the car. Because Uncle Joe Nathan, the deacon from the church, was at the, who had to take us. You hear what I'm saying to you today, young people? Okay, you hear what I'm saying? Because there wasn't nothing wrong with that way. Because we didn't walk out the door and get blown away. Alrighty, guns and knives was not even an issue. Alrighty, so, so I go at home and then I get this phone call. My mama, I was 15 years old. Mama, you better not call my house. You don't call my house. I never dated. My first date was my first husband. Okay, you know. And if I knew then like I know now, I never would have dated. Okay, but he was slick enough to slide in under my mother. He didn't know me, he knew my aunt and her brother. So they used my name, okay, because I'm a bold soldier. And my daddy trusted me. He knew I wasn't gonna do it, wasn't gonna bust a great uh, uh, Pastor Dobbins. He knew I was a good girl, right? But he called my house and may I speak to you? And my mama, who? Okay, this boy and my mother was a beast of the woods. She didn't play, but she talked to him. And he, she finally invited him over. And he walked in, I didn't even know who the man was. But he was the brother of the one that my little auntie was kicking it with, okay? And he walks in the door, Sister Dobbins, he was good looking from his head to his panky toe. He had all of these curly locks of hair. He had on his military suit, and he had medals all across. He was sharp. I'm like, okay. Asked Mama, could he take me out for ice cream? And I don't know how he got around that, but he took me out for ice cream, okay? I'm gonna give you the real deal took me straight to his house and raped me. Hmm, okay? That's how it began. And from that point on, I was locked, okay? Beat, abused. He would threaten putting bombs up under my family's house and I didn't have brothers and I was afraid, okay? Of telling mama and daddy back then because the devil can give you some threats that'll blow your mind. The devil will give you some stuff that you don't think that I, can, I got another source. Um, people, unless you're tied up in Jesus. And I knew the Lord, I was in Jesus, but my love affair wasn't where it needed to be. He said, return unto me, I'm your first love. Okay? Okay? So this man came in and took over and, you know, and he recognized, the devil recognized my weakness. He recognized my fear. He recognized everything that he needed to know about me. Long story short, I ended up being in that abusive situation for 12 years. Okay, I had everything I looked sure I can want. I had Cadillacs, I had 
mink coats. I got about 12 mink coats. I got diamonds all, you know what I mean? But I was being abused. All right? I took a bullet. Okay? I was being abused. I stayed with him five years after I took a bullet. Okay? And one day, something snapped. Something happened. And I went into another world. Whatever the world was that the devil had for me, I was going to get it. Okay? But I had enough Holy Spirit, enough of the Holy Spirit living in me that I was under his, covered under the shadow of his wings. Hallelujah. God was protecting me. See, sometimes God will let you go to battle. For real. Okay? And I decided that day that it's, both of us could no longer live on the face of the earth. One of us had to go. Okay? So I, and he used to take, the fool was crazy enough to take me target practice. And I, I picked up my gun and I walked in the living room. And Sister Dobbins, I opened fire. He went out the window. His brother went down. I, I, I opened fire. I emptied in one clip, popped in another one, and I'm running behind him. I'm trying to get him because my decision that day was I didn't want him to live. And I was ready to die. Do you hear what I'm saying? When I ran down the street, and I think some of you may remember your years ago, the old Bonavilla. I'm running down Montgomery Road after this man. Okay? I'm trying to kill him. All righty? When somebody saw us and called the cops, the cop that showed up was my homeboy from across the street who knew the situation. Okay? He popped in another clip. He said, go get him. and turned his head. You hear what I'm telling you? I meant to kill him. I chased him all the way down to Montgomery and Lasanaville. Okay, I'm trying to kill him because I decided that he had to die or he was going to kill me. But I have received enough power. I have received enough power through the days of praying and consulting God and going to God. I had enough power that at this point in time, God, whatever it is, I'm ready to meet you face to face. Because this one has got to go. Because I knew there was a demon living in there. All right, all right. I didn't kill him. I lit him up with five slugs. But I thank God today I didn't kill him. I give God glory that I didn't kill him. But that let me know that God's angels are covering us 24-7-365. Even in the midst of that toxic situation, God had to put me in a place in order to use me for his service in his own way. He had to cut away some stuff. He had to castrate some stuff. He had to fill up some empty holes. He had to pierce my heart. Hallelujah. He had to put me in a place that he needed me in order to execute what he's got for me to do. Our problem is, we so weenie back, we don't want to go through the drill. We want everything to be all right. Everything is swell. And if it ain't swell, you don't tell your prayer partner for some help. You're just going through the motions, all right? But that's what your prayer partner is for. That's what you're in this church for. You got to intercede for one another. One of you going to be weak, but the other one can bear you up. We don't want, can't get no help because we don't want to tell nobody about our stuff. And anybody, listen, somebody know what's going on. You don't want to tell nobody about your dirt, okay, because you are so busy trying to find out about everybody else's. So you go through the drill. You go through the drama. You go through the pain and the suffering when God is saying, hey, come unto me. Come unto me. 
when your sisters and brothers in the church are saying, come to me. It's okay for them to know you got stuff. Who, what, who you think think you perfect? And when you hear about their stuff, you might have to embrace yours and run for the hill. Okay? Yeah. Because all of us have some. But the devil continues to penetrate because he can't get our attention enough to let us lay it all on the altar. Lay it all on. If we took all of our stuff, and Pastor, we did that. Write your stuff on a piece of paper. Everybody. And get one big old box. And everybody just throw your stuff in that box. And then somebody take it outside and burn it. Okay? You pray over it. Y'all sit here and pray and hug and lay hands on and then take it outside and burn it. I promise you in about a week, God done took care of all that mess. See, because when you come together, you're able to lean on each other, to depend upon one another. Amen? You're able to get the, 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 the full, full effect of God's presence. You're able to have what you need from each other in order to go to the throne room. God is not going to hear you if your heart's not right, people. But when your heart is right, God will move mountains for your deliverance. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's shown it to us over and over. Pastor was talking this morning about how, how they saw God part the Red Sea. How they had seen the miracles in Egypt. But still, and we're the same way. But still, God has to come, literally come down from heaven and say, look. Okay? But that's not what faith is. And that's what he's telling us. I ask him every day, God, give me a double dose of your faith. Okay? Because I know mine can weaken from time to time. You know, I need a double dose. We have to understand that we can cast all of our burdens on the chief cornerstone. And he's the chief cornerstone of this house, okay? It, 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 it's, it's, it's future things that's coming your way. But God is looking for you to build a true foundation. Isaiah 28 and 16 says, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay a stone. I lay in Zion a stone for a true foundation. Alrighty. A tried stone. A precious cornerstone. <laughs> a sure foundation. And whoever believes will not act hastily. Listen, God done laid his stone right here. And every time I've come over here, I've been uh, encouraged in my spirit. I love your worship. I love your praise. I love your fellowship. I love your smiles. Okay? But you got some stuff. Okay? And as your sister in Christ, because I love you, I want to see you bust these walls loose. Okay? And how do I know that you can do it? Because I'm in enough churches across this country to see the enemy's hand. He's a mean machine. But you got him on the run. Do you hear me? You got him on the run because you know worship. And in this house, you know God. And you're training your young to know God. You're coming together in prayer. This young lady here coming here and, and she's singing, but her prayer was penetrating. Okay? You know, the worship songs, y'all almost put me to sleep. It was lullabies to me. Lullaby, okay? And you need to put that on some, on some wax so I can have it. 
okay? That puts me to sleep because I'm in a, a zone. I'm in a zone with God. I'm not looking at y'all. I don't care who's looking, jumping. I don't, it ain't about you. It's what I hear coming up out of you. Oh, it's what I hear coming out of you. The worship. And I'm joining you in that special place. You see, you come out, out of yourself. You get out of you. Okay? And you go to a special place playing this organ. At some points in time, you can see him where he takes a leave of absence. He's no longer there. Oh, God, God. He's not in that. The Holy Spirit comes in and takes over. That's because the Holy Ghost is ministering to you people. He just uses vessels in order to do that. But the Holy Spirit is talking to you. And he's saying, I want you to let me in. I've got some stuff for you. I've got some gifts for you. I've got blessings for you. Okay, Open up the door and let me drop it in. Okay? That's what he's saying, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged in my spirit to see that you keep on hanging on and keep on holding on. But what I want you to do is I want you to come together and get on one God and ask God for what you want. Do you hear what I'm saying? I said, come together. And I'm not talking about no stupid meeting because... That's the problem with the church. You got too much business. And ain't none of it your business. It's all God's business. Okay? You know, you got too many hands on business. Too many opinions. Too many decisions. Too many, too many, too many. Too much. That's where you let the devil in. Okay? And that's when the church can't move. It's too much. I'm saying come together. Just have a fellowship. Where you sit down at the table and break bread with one another and just talk about what you'd love to see happen at your church. You hear me? No big eyes and little U's. No power struggles. Just talk about it as brothers and sisters in Christ. What would you like to see? I'll give you one better. Just go and write down on a piece of paper what you would like to see happen in your church. Okay? And then y'all come and sit down and have dinner and just talk about it. And then you lock arms and pray about the ultimate, the priority decision. And watch God move. And watch him move. Did you hear what I'm saying you? Anything that you want him to do, he'll do it. You're almost there. You're just around the corner. You're almost there. But you got to believe God. And you got to give him some of your undivided attention. You've got to make your requests known to the Father. Okay? And you know where it begins? It begins with loving on your pastor. A shepherd that he set aside, you know, to come in and, and do warfare with the enemy. Do you know that he is responsible for every drop of blood in this business building? God holds him accountable. So he got to listen to the mess and the junk and the drama and the mess, you know, but he's still accountable for you. Okay? Don't make his job difficult. Don't make it hard. Okay? You need to lock arms. With one what can we do for him? I understand that there's an anniversary coming up. Everybody ought to be digging down in the pocket. But I don't even dig down myself. Digging down to try to see what you can do to be a blessing for the man set aside to keep watch over your soul. You hear what I'm saying? He's got to do that when he's sick. 
He's got to do that because he's got a family of his own. He's got to do that in the midst of his turbulence. That he's got bills. He's got anything we got, he got. And then some because he got you. Okay. God said, give honor to whom it's due. Give honor to whom it's due. And if your pastor's not one of honor, I don't know who it is. None of them do everything that's right. They're human beings. But who's to say what's right? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing anything crazy. It just may not be the way you say. Okay? And who's to say you got a right to say anything? 